So this semester we're going through the Ten Commandments, and today we have the Fourth Commandment. And I'm not going to focus on the obedience that is owed to parents. Um, I'm going to, because it's too much to speak about in one, one catechism, so I'm going to focus more on the duties that we have towards the state and the church. And I think especially today, um, there's a particular challenge that comes with that, that kind of obedience in the sense that we often have um, leaders who are less than optimal in the state and the church. And the question becomes, to, well, I mean, what's my duty? If, if I have a bad leader, am I still obliged to obey him? And it turns out that the, the answer is, is different depending on whether you're a Catholic or a Protestant, uh, because the Protestants have a very subjective concept of obedience, um, and the Catholics have a very objective notion of obedience. We believe that all authority comes from God, and that God has willed to establish certain offices, certain positions, that by default will have that divine authority attached to them. Um, so the, the office of the parent is, is an example. The, the fact that, that God has willed for um, children to come into the world through their parents and that the, parent, the, the children must be subject to their parents. So too, the God has willed for man to be social, uh, for man to need society, for, for man to incline towards forming societies, and that there be heads of these societies, and, and that um, the, the subordinates in the society must, must uh, obey those who are in charge of the society. Um, same goes with the church. Uh, God himself has established the church. He's established it as a hierarchy, and, uh, as a monarchy. It's, it's, not, it's not a democratic institution where each person has, has their own say, but it's, it's monarchical. So there's really two key principles that we have as Catholics about obedience. Um, first principle is that you give obedience to God rather than men. In other words, if there's a situation where you have a conflict between obeying God and obeying men, you choose God. You have to obey God first of all. But then, secondly, you must obey men in all that is lawful. If, if there's a human being who has an office that, that is divinely ordained, that is part of the framework of society, and what they're commanding is, is not against God's law, well, you have to obey. Even if he's a jerk, even if he's um, a raving atheist, even if he's a horrible person in his personal life, if he has that position, and he's commanding you something that's not against the law of God, well, you've got to obey. You've got to obey. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes we dream of, of a situation of where, where we would, like, sort of restore Christendom and have this beautiful age where... Uh, it would be all Catholic leaders, and we just have Gregory the Great as Pope, and, and all, all the priests would, would be like St. Alphonsus Liguori and St. Anthony Maria Claret, and it, it would just be so fantastic because um, we, we would find it so easy to obey when everybody's perfect, so easy to obey. Um, but that's not going to happen. And uh, at any age... It's not going to happen. Those, those sorts of figures are extremely rare in the history of the world. They're, they're kind of a one-off. 
They're not the normal course of things. So you can't expect that. You can't go through life expecting that. Um, and you can't withhold your obedience until you get that perfect person that's, that's uh, your superior. It's like, finally, I can obey because I've got someone who's worthy of my own obedience. That's the Protestant notion of, of obedience. You only obey those whom you assess to be worthy of your obedience. In other words, you don't look at the office of the person. You look at the person themselves, and you judge them. You say, yeah, I mean, this person is pretty good at their job, so I think, yeah, maybe I'll, be, I'll obey this person. Yeah. Um, instead of saying, well, this person holds the, an office that is ordained by God, and they lawfully hold that office. So I must give my obedience regardless of the qualities of that person. That's the Catholic attitude towards obedience because we were, at the end of the day, we're not so much obeying men as we are obeying God. We're, in other words, we're following the order that God has established for our human condition. And by doing that, we submit to God himself. And that's really the obedience that we're wanting to give with the fourth commandment. Honor your father and mother, honor your, your, your prime minister or, or your pope, your general, whoever, but for God, not, not for your own self or for your own gratification. You know, this Protestant idea of, of authority has, has, um, is, is more or less the default mode today in our liberal society. I mean, a, a liberal society is a society that exalts free will as an absolute uh, supreme entity wherein people have the right to have what they want by the fact that they want it. You're a human being, you have free will, and therefore you should have the right to choose whatever you want. You have the right uh, not to be subject to anything you don't want to be subject to. That's the idea with, with uh, liberal society. And it's a society that reeks of the non-servium of Satan. I will not serve. I, I, if I don't want to, I don't have to. Um, so the fact that this is the, 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 the environment we live in, and also the fact that we generally have bad leaders today, makes it a perfect opportunity for you to gain a lot of merit by being obedient. All the forces are pushing you towards being rebellious today and seeking to have your own way in everything. And if you instead you choose to see reality and from a supernatural perspective as looking and finding the order that God has established in society and trying to submit to that as best you can, even though things are very confusing, um, then you will gain great merit if you are able to respect authority and distinguish office from person. Make that very important distinction. On the one side you have the office that's ordained by God. On the other side you have the person and all of his flaws and all of his imperfections. And I obey not because of this person is, is just so fantastic a leader or, or what have you. I obey because he holds an office that holds the authority of God. If we do that, then we're really obeying out of a supernatural motive. Our, our intention is pure. Our bad leaders today purify our intentions. If, if we submit, the only reason can be because 
we love God. It can't be because we're really attracted by the leader, uh, in, generally speaking. So um, this is evident in this, this, that this is the real notion of obedience is evident from um, the New Testament. Our Lord himself has um, a, a, a veritable rant against the scribes and the Pharisees where he pronounces seven woes against them and he's going on and on and on about how bad they are. And they are the villains of the gospel. They are the most deplorable entities in the history of the world. I mean, you know, they rank up there with, with the, the, the worst tyrants of, of our own age like Stalin and Hitler. Yet, before our Lord goes into this rant, he says, the scribes and the Pharisees have sat on the chair of Moses. All things, therefore, whatsoever they shall say to you, you observe and do. But according to their works, do you not? For they say and do not. They sit on the chair of Moses. They actually legitimately hold that authority, so you have to obey them. Yeah. But don't be like them. Don't be like them. Then, St. Peter in his first epistle, he speaks about the duties of Catholics towards the secular leaders of the day. And he says, be subject to every human creature for God's sake, whether it be to the king or to the governors as sent by the king, for such is the will of God that by doing well, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not as making liberty a cloak for malice, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So the path for these new Christians embracing the faith was not to have a revolution and overthrow the pagan emperor who was worshiping false gods. It was to submit to the emperor in all things that were not against the law of God, and by doing so, conquer the Roman world, and transform the Roman world. This is ultimately what was successful. This is ultimately what will always be successful for Catholics. Uh, the rulers of the time were, were wicked. They were wicked. There were some very, very nefarious characters sitting in the chair of the emperor, such as Nero, such as Caligula. You know, even, even the, the uh, more respectable leaders, such as Trajan, um, had their dark side. None of them had the true faith, and so uh, it could not be uh, a, a balanced character. Yet the Christians obeyed. The Catechism of the Council of Trent says, if we sometimes have wicked and unworthy officials, it is not their faults that we revere, but the authority from God which they possess. Indeed, while it may seem strange, we are not excused from highly honoring them even when they show themselves hostile and implacable towards us. Thus, David rendered great services to Saul even when the latter was his bitter foe. So Saul was just a maniac. Saul was a total maniac. Um, and yet David did not want to lift his hand against him. He had 
It's Saul and his power. There's a couple of occasions he could have slain him easily. David did not do so. And even David felt um, compunction at cutting a little bit off of, of Saul's cloak. He just trimmed Saul's cloak just to show Saul that he was that close and he could kill him. David even felt bad about that. So you even have an Old Testament figure who was aware of the right notion of obedience. St. Paul, when um, he's writing to Timothy, you know, St. Paul is at the end of his life and he's expecting to be executed by the emperor. And he says to Timothy, I desire... First of all, the supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in high station, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all piety and chastity. So we're to have recourse to prayer for an improvement of the situation. Um, St. Paul was worried about, about the situation with the early Christians. They would be put to death. But his solution was not to organize an army and rebel against the Roman emperor, but it was to be obedient and then to pray for those who were leaders. I'm not saying that um, all rebellion is, is forbidden. There are situations in which Catholics are um, permitted to rebel. We have two famous examples the rising of the Catholics in the Vendée against um, the government of the revolutionaries. Um, the revolutionaries were not legitimate reader, uh, leaders. They, they had overthrown Louis XVI in an illegitimate fashion. And so the leaders of the Vendée rose up, and also the Cristeros in Mexico, two famous examples. There have to be um, specific circumstances that determine whether it's lawful to rebel against those in authority. First of all, there has to be a manifest evil. Those who are in, uh, can have the power have to be manifestly doing, uh, executing their, their government against the law of God. They have to be working against the law of God. That has to be obvious. Secondly, there has to be a reasonable chance of success. You have to be prudent. You know, you can't just say, uh, like some figures in the, in the book of Maccabees did, well, God's on our side, so you know, we're going we're to go with, with 500 people against 500,000 people, and we're going to win. It's like, well, no, you've you got to be prudent. And then thirdly, there has to be a proportionate good to be obtained from the violence exercise. Um, so you can't say, well, we're going to go against the government, and we're, we're going to defeat them, but in the end, um, no one's going to follow us. And so... All that's going to happen is just the shedding of blood. You can't expect any real good outcome out of this. We're going to be successful, but it's not going to be a good outcome. No, again, you have to have a proportionate good that's going to be um, obtained. You know that, that this, this notion of, of obedience um, is encapsulated in, in the religious life. I mean, the, the religious have to obey their superiors in all that is not contrary to the faith. And, and this is what, what we're taught in the seminaries, um, that, look, you don't obey on the basis of, of the qualities of your leader. You, you obey on the basis of, of the office that they, they hold. 
um, in everything that's not against the, the law of God. So the fact is that, that we are not a standalone entity where, where we uh, live a life where we have no superiors. We are part of society. We're part, you're, you're part of the, we are all part of the, this nation, the nation of Australia. You have, you have your Australian citizenship, and it gives you duties to your country. You must be loyal to your country. You must seek the, the interests of your country. You must be obedient to the lawful authorities. You must uh, research the candidates who, who are uh, available for voting. You know, they just had the vote for New South Wales recently, and they have the national election uh, probably in June. So you, you have the duty to, to um, vote for the, for the best candidates according to Catholic principles. Um, you, you have the duty to obey the laws, uh, the, the, the laws of the road, the, the laws of the government. If they, if they require you to do things, to pay taxes, um, you, you have to pay your taxes. All these things are, are part of you leading a virtuous life as a Catholic because you're obeying God. These, these, uh, your, your, your leaders hold the position of, of God. They receive their authority from God. So it's true that those in authority can um, lose their position, um, uh, unlike natural authorities. I mean, like if, if you have a parent, that your parent is your parent for life. <laughs> There's never a point when, when your father is no longer your father, your mother is no longer your mother. Those, those offices are held for life, uh, for, for better or for worse. Um, whereas the offices, government offices, can be, can be lost. Um, it's, it's true, but, but while they have office, you have to honor their authority no matter how bad they are. Um, you don't have to obey them, of course, when, when they command sin. And in fact, you have a duty not to obey them when they command sin, um, nor imitate them when they behave badly. But in all of the things, uh, we have to obey. So um, you have a beautiful example of this in, in uh, St. Mary of the Cross, you know, where, where she had to deal with so many bad bishops, and, and even uh, the founder, uh, the co-founder of, of her order was very imprudent. Um, Father Tennyson Woods was very imprudent, um, but she always respected the offices of these bishops and the authorities of these bishops, so always encouraging her sisters not to speak badly against these bishops, even though they, were, they might have been abusing their authority, even though in one instance she was even uh, excommunicated, supposedly excommunicated by Bishop Scheel. Uh, she was encouraging her sister, do not speak against these figures of authority. It's, it's, it's an example of heroic uh, obedience on, on her part. And um, this is the, what we want to imitate. This will be one day be our glory if at the end of our life we're able to say, well, well Lord, I mean, look, I lived in pretty rough times. I mean, uh, the, the people who are leaders in my times were were real sneakers. They, they, yeah, they, they, they weren't very good. And, and yet, you know, I tried to do the best to obey them in all things lawful. And I tried to keep the supernatural attitude towards their authority. I tried to see as, as best I could that the office they held was from you. And I obeyed for, for that reason. So let us try to seek this pure obedience in our fulfillment of the fourth commandment where we obey for the love of God and not the love of self. We obey for supernatural motives and not natural ones. We, don't, we must not glory in disobedience, um, but we must work 
to uh, become holy and restore church and society by our holiness, um, not by uh, being revolutionaries.